My number is 0402. Double your balls. <laughs> Not again. Sorry. Is this I can't song? help myself. The wine's being poured. We're about to start the sport project. Welcome, team. Welcome, team. Yeah, the only way we start. Always with a beer or wine in hand. That's right, it is the sport, sport project. I can't even get my <laughs> What a start. I tell you, every time you start, you never say it correctly. No, because I feel like it's now in my head, so it's like this little trip up, and I also do it just to see your reaction, particularly while holding a red wine dripping already over your white shirt. It is a dog's blood. Delightful. Um, two of the boys are missing today. Obviously, Thank God. Sasha and Clark. Yeah, I am okay with it. I I'm very okay with it. Lucky Carlos is here. Who's that um, Carlos fellow? I'm telling you that. <laughs> Drop the S or I'll drop you. I shouldn't really <laughs> say on, that to mate. a woman, By the time I? I drop you, you'll get up, you need a new haircut. <laughs> not, this, not this kid. I reckon you would still. Not this kid. <laughs> Am I joking? I'll hit you so hard, your clothes will be out of fashion. <laughs> See, this is the banter we have. Now, I've got one guest. We haven't introduced him yet. He's here shaking his head laughing, going, what have I got myself into? Should wait till we start stripping. <laughs> That's actually, I think he's done that before, to be honest. Do you want to know who it is? Who is it? <laughs> the drama, the suspense. He puts David Hasselhoff to shame. He's known as being big in Japan, runs the beaches of Bondi. It is the Bondi Rescue and runner from Garmin, Andrew Reedy Reed. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> the crowd go wild, especially the ones in Japan. <laughs> Thanks for having me on the show. I'm very excited. I'm bloody excited to have you. We've kind of discussed having you on for a little while and now we've found a little hole for you to get well, that sounded so <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, like please, you there, please you continue. I know, I know. You're well, on, it is, still on your first glass of wine. Well, it's late in the day. Is it really <laughs> my first? <laughs> You'll never know. <laughs> you it's really, yeah, you're it's right. really hard to open a bottle of wine and drive at the same time. <laughs> it is. But if anyone can do it, it's Renee Gutton. Absolutely, but I would never do that. I'm all about safe driving. So, Reedy, welcome to the show. Thanks. Clearly, you obviously replaced two very ugly men with a very good-looking man. Absolutely. Well, you know? I just thought two for one, uh, two birds, one stone. Killed them. Yeah. <laughs> it's them both. Really? Where, well, sorry. No, no, I just wanted to say, where are the boys? The boys are on an active escape they? somewhere. Oh, right? what about this, though? This, this is what I find quite funny. So poor little Sasha's been complaining about his Gregory Peck, and before that it was dislocating his shoulder. And all of a sudden, he's gone over to Thailand to do like, yeah, an active escape, a fitness camp, and couldn't turn up up here in Sydney because he didn't want to leave his little village in Husky. Yeah. And but it's all right for him to go to Thailand and just brush. I tell you what, show. he will go to the opening of an envelope. Oh, mate! <laughs> as long as you send him. Exactly. And what about Chris? Chris is there too. Chris is there with uh, with Sarah. Mm. Sarah's working, and uh, yeah, Chris is going to be training. No doubt, it'll be that'll be good fun. Oh, I can't wait. He's Why did we not get invited? Because we're too fit and too good looking. Exactly. May I add? There, I was going to say that, but you know. We'll roll with that. Reedy, what have you been doing? Obviously, I mentioned, you know, you, you're around running around with Garmin. I've seen you representing New South Wales and, you know, our true blue spirit there. We actually won. The Queenslanders cheated. Yes. And uh, no, we won I... by a couple. It was sort of a bit of a competition we had between uh, – we organised a running event up in Queensland and a run, running event in New South Wales and the team with the highest numbers won and they reckon it was drawn at 128. Oh, of course it was. Yeah. Just a little bit rorted, but, yeah. you know, it's unlike the Queenslanders to cheat, is it? Yeah, Ooh. well, Garmin Band's got this epic beard, and I reckon that just – he just screams dodgy. Yeah, he is a bit dodgy. Never but I'll tell you what, they've done a fantastic job with him. He's uh, he's just – he's sort of come from nothing. He was just a diesel mechanic. I thought you were about to say a diseased <laughs> man. <laughs> he does look like a diseased <laughs> man. Um, but, uh, no, he's not a diseased man. He was a diesel mechanic, and someone challenged him. He's actually Commando Steve's brother. A lot of people don't oh, realise. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah, brother of Steve Willis, so Drew yeah, Willis yeah, yeah. is his name, and he's um, yeah, that someone. I think I think he was doing a little bit of work helping Steve when he was a, a, a an ambassador for Garmin, and then right. he sort of got inspired and just I think Garmin gave him a watch, and he said, "I'm going to see if I can break this thing. I'm going to go and run <laughs> a thousand kilometers in a month." And he did it. And that's they... not how I'd want to break a watch. Hey? Like, if I, I want to I see know. if I can break this thing. I'm, I've got a hammer, and yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm going to run rock. it to death. <laughs> Throw it in a rock, I'll just throw it in the sea. <laughs> then come back. Yeah, just run over it with a car or something. Yeah. But no, he uh 
Yeah, and so yeah, he sort of um, and they just they just saw this great sort of interaction with him and social media, and yeah. um, and now he's their key ambassador, and he's he he's fantastic. Got shirts. He's We're, what? He's got shirts. I know. Stuff. You know you've made it when you've got a <laughs> Forrest Gump style print on the front Seriously, of your shirt, right? So good. We're at the Gold Coast Marathon, and I was up there for a Asics and a brand that I work with, and. Reedy and I were kind of around the corner from each other, just throwing jibes, and I just kept seeing them all get all these people running past Reedy. Normally, it's him who gets mobbed for all these photos. <laughs> and they're running up, pushing him aside, going, "Can you take the photo for us?" <laughs> so there's Reedy, who's got more fans than you can poke a stick at, <laughs> taking a photo of this Forrest Gump. Like, he's a good-looking dude, though. He's a good-looking dude. He's a good-looking the rooster. Ladies love him. Hi, Drew. Something about a beard, right? You like no, a beard? No, I'm not a beard woman. I, I disagree with that. I shave mine every day, so I'm definitely not a beard Jesus, woman. I've been growing this one for tw- like 27 years. I've not had a shave. I've not, I've not even shaved this year, okay? No. No one can even tell. I just look like a peach. Yeah. Oh, and how good are peaches? Very succulent. Yeah. Especially on the right. Yeah. If you could not see the face that Renee is giving me right now. Tell just you all what. three of us just turned ultra creepy just then. Yeah. But double. moving on from that, you've also you also delve a lot into doing stuff with kids and kids fitness as well. So you've just signed on to be an ambassador with uh, Ryan Clark with Whippet, one of the other guys you work with. Yeah, Whippet and Corey, we're doing some work with Child Fund. We uh, we did a campaign with them last year uh, because basically there's towns and villages in Cambodia where um, they can't access food and drinking water and stuff, so they yeah. do it. Via Posty bike, would you believe it? You know, the Posty bikes you see uh, the mailman yeah. deliver. Yeah, yeah. So, you used to have one of them too. What's that? You used to have one of them. No, nah, I've always had a nice Yamaha scooter. Corey loves his Posty oh, bike because he's Corey. a cheap Sorry. guy. costs yeah. him about a thousand bucks. <laughs> no, he just gets them from the post. He just gets yeah. them. He's, he's super tight, Corey, but uh, <laughs> probably steals it off the postman. But um, no, no, look, we did a bit of work with them last year and they were really happy with the stuff we did. So they've brought us on officially as ambassadors and... When we decided to do it, I said, look, if we're going to do it, we don't, we got to practice what we preach. So I said, let's sponsor a child. And it's been great. It's been an awesome year, you know, mm-hmm. just watching uh, Sarah, his name is, which has been interesting. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, his name's Sarah and it's a he. And yeah. And, uh, and yeah, watching him sort of grow and prosper just in the last year since yeah. we've been sponsoring him, which is cool. And I'm kind of hoping we've got a bit of a plan to do a bit of work with them and, and, uh, and go over to Cambodia. And I want to ride mountain bikes from Vietnam to Cambodia and then um, and wow. donate the bikes to his village. That would be yeah. How far is that? Uh, I think it works out to be about 400k. Wow. Yeah. So elevation. Us. Oh, I don't know. I haven't looked that deep into it. I just looked at they actually do bike tours over oh, there. I'd love to do some. Like so, so let's get a fun. team effort. Yeah. We'll go, we'll go we go always go. say this and we never do it. Because <laughs> you come up with shit ideas. <laughs> Shut up! It's always Shut the bald up. fella's fault, isn't it? All the time. Hey, At least I'm up, coming up with ideas. You've come up with an idea to walk to the Shire. No one wants to walk to the Shire for starters. I just thought it'd be really uh, nice. Short walk up. to the Shire. I used to no. run to the Shire for training. No, but okay, no, ride a bike to Shire. in Vietnam or walk to the Shire. So can you see why the team wanted to jump yeah, onto Sutherland that? Yeah, Sutherland Shire. Yeah, it's it thirty k exactly from Bondi. Yeah, no, I think you meant for the Sutherland to surf. Oh, which he's doing this weekend. I'm doing it this weekend. So I just said, I opened open invitation on the WhatsApp group. (laughs) Who wants to do it? Chris and Sash went, we're in Thailand. (laughs) And Renee just never replied. (laughs) Your old knees wouldn't take it, would they? No, 100%. Just a walk. Mate, if you put a pub at the end, I'd probably be there. I bet you would. This is true. This is true. But then I'd have to get home. <laughs> hey, uh, we've got a big show planned for you. It is coming up to the rugby finals, which by the time this airs on Monday, the first quarters are going to be finished. But Drew Mitchell is going to be joining us and a little bit of exclusive surrounding Ooh. him and the Wallabies, which hopefully he's going to tell us about because he told me before on the phone. So, Soz Drew have just dropped you in it. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the City to Surf while we've got you ready. Um, you're quite heavily involved in that. You've run a number of them. So, a little bit about that. Tour de France, should the woman be involved? Couldn't shut you up about... The woman. The woman. How about the women? Women. <laughs> women. The woman. This is good what happens. I'm trying to get all my words out and I'll not take a breath. <laughs> anyway, how good am I going? Yeah, um, brilliant. Should the women be involved with the Tour de France? So obviously that's just about to kick off. Uh, FIFA World Cup. I could not not get this into the show without Carlos sucking. Vive la France! Vive la France! Oh. It's coming home. It's coming. No, it's not. You've got to stop to Croatia. <laughs> so good. So good. Tony Sanza is joining us. Uh, we're also going to touch on the basketball brawl. All the suspensions have now been handed out and loads more because we talk NRL all the time, every time. We have to. We have to. It's but happening. We but we do. 
Well, you hate Manly, I hate Bulldogs. That's what's happening tonight. I'm a rooster. More, more GI on the show. I listen to a show with it. He's great. Yeah, he's good yeah. talent. And I think Love he was GI. a bit hungover from the origin. <laughs> he did but sound a bit he was, even, he was brilliant <laughs> for that fact. I think that's when we all work our best, either drunk or hungover. So Unless you're a Sky news reporter. That was yeah. a bit uncomfortable, wasn't it? Did we yeah. ever listen to that? We G- did. We did. Majula. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, um, you shouldn't MC. Functions and, and get on the turf. Charity functions yeah, at that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Why is it throat. something coming? I've not seen. Oh, my God. Oh, what well, listen, have you been we'll under? do this on the break. Well yeah, we'll discuss it in the break. Yeah. Shut up the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Well, he shut up his career at the moment. So, yeah. He, uh, Ooh, sweet baby Jesus and the orphans. Yeah. But uh, we're talking sport. So, that's loads coming up. So, why don't we get our first caller on in Drew Mitchell? Well, we've been teasing about having some rah-rahs on the show and we've got one of the greatest. He's played here, he's played internationally, but I'll let him ta- intro himself because he demanded it. Who is it? Who is it? Who's on the phone? Yeah, listen, look, it's a pretty special guest tonight. Uh, the likes of the Queen, Nelson Mandela, have had the pleasure of meeting this guy. The Victoria's Secret Models have had the pleasure of this guy sitting second row at their show in Paris, none other than former Waratah and Wallaby, Drew Mitchell. Hey. <laughs> How you doing, guys? I don't know what I want to ask about more, the Queen or Victoria's Secret? Nah, Nelson Mandela. Oh, yeah, well. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you probably have to ask those guys, obviously, barring Nelson Mandela, may rest in peace. But, uh, you know, it's a big occasion for them to obviously, uh, you know, get to meet. um, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, it's um, just through footy. I just got the opportunity to go to the Women's Castle and and meet uh, Queen Lizzie. So that was, uh, was a nice occasion, actually. I actually drank out of her glass. I um. Wow. Yeah, I uh, I was we were there on the orange juice, of course, we're on a Wally tour, and uh, <laughs> I, I I had I finished my orange juice glass, and I went to put it on a tray of a, a butler was coming through. He only had one glass on his tray, and I went to put it up, and he said, "Oh, excuse me, sir, this is Her Majesty's drink." And I said, "Oh, what's her drink of choice?" It was you know early afternoon, and he said, "Oh, it's it's a uh, it's a martini," and I said, "What like?" Half nip or something. He said, "No, no, it's straight gin with a dash of vermouth." <laughs> so I, I watched him walk over and give it to the queen, and she didn't bat an eyelid. Just had a little swig, and you know, continued talking in the in the group that she was in. And I just kept watching her. And the moment that someone came over to get to just to interrupt and say, "Look, you need to come over here and meet these other people," and she put a glass on top of this cabinet. And I grabbed Mac Gitto and I said, "Mate, run a block. I'm I'm going for this drink." <laughs> so I went and had a I went and had a swig. And it just like hit me. Like, it was pretty. I don't know. Maybe I was just not really anticipating the strength of it. But um, it, uh, it really sort of caught me a little bit off guard. But then, just in case I was going to get in trouble, I made sure I gave a little bit to Gis, and uh, just so I wasn't <laughs> the only one indulging in the clean drink, and and also one of the other boys. But I made sure I finished off, so I got I got her dread. So. I basically kissed the clean guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I always say when I do some MCing, it's uh, being an MC is a bit like sleeping with a queen. It's an absolute honour, but no one wants to do it. So if you're you're kissing the que- you're kissing the queen, you've done a good job there. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's, it's, it anyway. it's a bit non-committal. It's just just a kiss. That's it. Yeah, yeah. of course. And you dropped some raw hypnol in there, Drew. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know. It was it was a strong drink. I'm saying that. <laughs> So maybe she was trying to do it to you. Uh, what about the uh, Victoria's Secret story? I'm, I'm interested here. Let's just oh, roll yeah. through these. These are good yarns. Yeah, so, yeah, so a mate of mine uh, sorted me out with a couple of tickets. I was living down in the south of France, and he said, mate, do you want to go to the Victoria's Secret show? And I said, um, mate, is it a question you really need to ask? Um, and again, I, you know, I was playing with, with kids over in Salon, so he was just making his way back from his brother's wedding in Australia. You know, obviously overcooked things. He was a bit run down, and he's like, mate, I'm... I said, mate, we've got tickets to the Victoria's Secret Show in Paris. Like, we're going. And he said, mate, I've got no interest. Like, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm not going. I said, well, I've already booked your flights and I've paid for a hotel. Like, and I'm not going to not go to this thing because of you. <laughs> so you're going. And so anyway, off we went. And we get there and uh, we get these passes and it's all in the, the Grand Palais on the Champs-Élysées. It's all looking pretty schmick. We're all, like, suited up thinking, how good is this? And we get our tickets and, uh, and we saw... Um, you know, that, that, that guy who plays a little bit of footy, Dan Carter, he's an all-black. Oh, yeah, um, I've heard about him. Yeah, Good we saw him and his wife, Honor, outside, you know, just having some pre-drink champagnes. And we thought, okay, well, we got these tickets, you know, thinking, oh, we got these hookups, like, we'll see you later, DC. And we go inside and there's, like, maybe behind the, the, uh, the, the I guess, the, um, well, no, whatever it is that shows you to your seat, 
behind him on the on the on his right was uh, four rows, and then the other side was maybe twelve rows. And I'm thinking, okay, we've got the twelve, but it's a pretty good little setup. And uh, and he said, um, you know, on a vast, a gosh, a gosh, I knew, a gosh, because that means left. I was left wing. I knew that word. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, we're in one of the four rows, and we get there second row, and I was like, how good is this kid? Like it doesn't get much better. There's the weekend, Lady Gaga, um, and Bruno Mars were performing through it. And then there was two seats available just in front of us. And just before the show, that guy that we had a drink with before, Dan Carter, who'd been beating us all our career, came and sat right in front of us. But <laughs> 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 so not only does he beat us on the football field, he also beats us in uh, his seating for the Victoria Secret Show. So, uh, <laughs> but it was, it was a, it was a pretty, uh, pretty amazing show, to be fair. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, Everyone would give their left arm to be at those shows. <laughs> be so but, um, I've got a pretty good off. set. Kendall Jenner eyeballs me, I'm telling you. She walks past, looks straight down the barrel and eyeballs me. I've got it. She's <laughs> cross-eyed, Drew. You know that. What's that, Joe? I said she's cross-eyed. Uh, well, mate, not in this time, too. I could, I could tell. <laughs> you don't want to go near her, mate. She's got the Kardashian curse. I know. Yeah, well, I'm not playing anymore, so that doesn't, that doesn't apply to me. Well, speaking of not playing anymore, I've seen you. You're still training a hell of a lot, mate. You've, you're doing a bit of running. Reedy's here at the moment. You should ask him any questions. Have, have you got a the bucket list to hit New York Marathon? Yeah, well, I just, you know, I mean, through anything, um, you know, throughout my career, I was I was a bit of a yo-yo sort of, um, my weight would fluctuate a fair bit. I, I don't like training. I, I never did when I was playing. It was just a means to get myself on the field. Um, but I'm also pretty, like, to be fair, I'm also pretty vain. So, um that's the source of my motivation to just stay fit is just to not blow out too much and, and not, not like what I look in the, uh, when I look in the mirror. So um, that's the core sort of motivation for me to keep training. But I just think uh, I set a goal, you know, for like quite a long time down the track, which is the New York Marathon, just to kind of commit myself and try to be a bit accountable to it. Um, but then I just, I've realised what, exactly why I've never run a marathon before because it's just a really lonely type of training. And, uh, that little voice inside my head, um, geez, I have some arguments with that guy when I'm training. He gets really loud and tells me to stop, um, on a number of occasions. So I, I normally listen. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to stay in shape, um, more for vanity more than anything. How the, uh, how the hammy's holding up, Drew? Yeah, not too bad uh, at the moment. Uh, I, I had a lot of trouble at the back end of my career with hips and groins. Uh, I did the half marathon maybe two months ago, and around the 17k mark, that really came um, came back to haunt me. Just hips tightened up, lower back blew out, and I was just dragging it for the next sort of four k's. Um, I haven't hit top end speed since maybe February, when I tweaked a hamstring just before the Brisbane 10, when I was going to play for the the Waratahs. So. Um, yeah, it's just nothing too much more than a trot at the moment, which um, I'm a little bit worried about because I think I'm having a, a pretty heavy week of training this week, actually. Yeah, so what? how far away is it? It's November? Yeah, it's November. November, so uh, I've got a couple of little runs. I do the City of Surf. I think I do the Blackmores and, um, I don't know, maybe try and hit around 30k at least once before I get there. Yeah, it's a. Uh, we we're just talking about it to Carlo before. It's, uh, it's 30k if you run from Bondi to Cronulla. It's a good hit out, and you get the train back. That way you're committed because once you get to Brighton Lasand, <laughs> there's no train station. You've got to either turn around and it's 15k back, or you've got to go all the way to Cronulla. <laughs> Mate, that, that's that's thanks for that. But I'm, I'm, there's no way I'm getting a train. I'll get an Uber or something. <laughs> Too posh. You've got to forget you're talking well, to a rugby yeah, player. Yeah, I'm, I'm rugby union. Thanks. Yeah. We, we, we just uh, we don't get on that public transport stuff. You just did some work with um, Liam Flanagan, didn't you, at Triple M? Yeah, did, I just went in for, for one of the nights um, last week. Uh, well, this week, um, uh, Big MG was away for, for the week, so I just went in for uh, just for one night, just to co-host with, with Liam, which is uh, which is a good good little change up. Uh, was, uh, I mean, good to kind of get a bit of an idea about how all the, the radio stuffs run and talk a little bit of Usain Bolt potentially coming to the A League, talk a bit of rugby league and uh, and. And a little bit of rugby as well, which is nice. Yeah, well, obviously, after you, your career's ended, Drew, like um, like myself, and you know, it's, it's one of them times where you, 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 are you are you struggling with it? Uh, what, what's the thought process? Have you have you have you come to terms with it, or or, or do you still want to put the boots back on? Yeah, no, I've got no interest in uh, in in you know coming out and playing and are making some sure? type of comeback. I don't have that um, that urge to, Bullshit. to play when I. Bullshit. But, no, I honestly don't. I, I really don't because 
Um, you know, of course, there's that, that little question in your mind going, think, you know, do you think I could maybe still be out there and do it? But like I said before, I just, I found myself in Toulon just not enjoying it enough to kind of make the, the commitment and the discipline and the sacrifice. And I don't know, I just think that the, the lasting memories are your most recent. And I didn't, I, because I'm, you know, to be fair, I've got a lot out of the game of rugby and I didn't want to have my lasting memories of rugby to be ones that I didn't enjoy. So I kind of just, I drafted up a tweet and I just showed it to Gitz and I just pressed send and I said, well, I guess there's no turning back from that. Um, and then, yeah, I guess, you know, I, I really, the thing you miss, I guess, is being around the team environment, but I don't miss being out there and playing and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, it is a big change, though. It's, I'm maybe 15 months into it now and, um, you know, there's still a lot of sort of adjustment and, and, and adapting to the new lifestyle, but uh, I'm really big on trying to just stay on top of things and, and preemptively try to avoid things. So I, uh, I speak to a therapist each week and just make sure that, you know, I, I try to avoid any potential potholes that I might um, hit. Um, you know, I was obviously moving back from France to live in Australia. I was retiring from a career that I'm basically the only career I'd known since out of school. So there was a lot of potential there, to, uh, you know, to have some darker times. But, um, you know, I think relatively speaking, I've, uh, I've been pretty good with all that. Yeah, I really applaud. Um, you're really quite public with the fact that, you know, you, you do go and see a counsellor and, and speak to someone and move through that transitional period uh, a bit as well too, Drew. So that's, you know, epic hand, hats off to you there as well. But, you know, I, I think you've obviously shown a, a fair bit of grit off the field to the point where you, you recently got a phone call from uh, Michael Checker to uh, to return and put the boots back on. Yeah, well, I mean... Jack's been helping me a little bit with just some, some business stuff outside of, uh, you know, since I've finished. And I, I had a call from him, uh, you know, last week, and, and he said, mate, what sort of shape are you in? I said, well, look, I'm, I'm in A shape, but I don't know what, what sort of shape you're after. <laughs> Round, and, uh, square. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And I said, well, mate, I'm, not in, I'm definitely not your, your outside centre for the All Blacks in the first letters. I. And he said, Drew, like, let's be honest, if, if we're down to you as our only option, then we're in a bit of strife. And I said, yeah, I agree. But uh, he had a bit of an idea, because um, with the Waratahs uh, um, not being available for the first week of camp, um, there's going to be, I guess, a bit of a shortage of numbers with just the, the Reds, uh, Brumbies and the Rebels boys. So... He just asked me to come in and, uh, and to train with the squad. So um, just train with them and I guess oppose against them as well, just to kind of be out there. And yeah. I think more than anything, just to provide a little bit of in-the-moment type of mentoring or any sort of advice I can give. Because, uh, you know, there's quite a lot of young guys uh, in, the, in the squad now, the Tom Bankses, Jack Maddox and those types of guys that, you know, are quite new to that environment. If it's one thing kind of hearing some advice from a coach or a former player after the fact, but if you're in the moment, and you're actually a part of it, and I can sort of communicate in in the, in real time what I what I would do, or you know what I need from them, or, or, or that type of stuff. Um, I think it'd be pretty handy. So check just ask if I can uh, lace the boots back up for a training only training capacity. That's it. Um, in no way, like I said, is, is it a comeback in any in any sense? But I just think uh, you know we all sort of sit here, and I'm you know my role now is as a bit of a pundit and commentary team with Fox. You know, sometimes we often sit there and point out the negative and if I can be part of helping them prepare for the Bledisloe and the upcoming rugby championship, then, um, you know, then I'll certainly jump at the opportunity to help the boys prepare as best they can. Yeah, you had a, a time during the sevens as well too and I think they're doing the same to you this time. Are they micing you up again? You had such a great performance last time. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, uh, that, that sevens one, that was, um, that was obviously, I was mic'd up in, in real time to the commentators. So, um <laughs> Luckily, at training with, with the Wallabies, I won't have to worry about talking to the commentators. Sean just Maloney gave you between a me and the players, but that was also a little bit unfair. I was um, <laughs> I was on a on a boat with for Buddy Franklin's birthday the day before, which then rolled into quite a large night. Ended up at karaoke with Gits that night, so um, I was rolling off the back of that into that seventh game <laughs> against a bunch of massive PGM boys. So yeah. I don't know necessarily if I should have even been on the field, let alone be mic'd up and and uh, and wide to the to the commentators. Yeah, definitely everyone else's fault but yours there, Drew. I, I agree with you 110%. <laughs> hey, um, the, obviously a big weekend of rugby coming up. By the time this goes to air, it's going to be Monday night, so it's done and dusted. Waratahs being uh, one of the only Australian teams within that contingent. Talk us through that. That uh, that was kind of a surprise to see them in this quarterfinal. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think certainly from where we were last year, um, Australian rugby is certainly progressing in terms of 
our competitiveness, um, the style in which we're playing, but also, I guess, the exposure a lot of our younger guys are getting. So, I mean, there's a lot of talk about how long it's been since any of us, any Australian team's beaten a Kiwi team. That's that, that long run has is, is finally um, ended. Mm. But also, rather than just the, the result, I think the, the amount of games which were, were lost by short, like by small margins and in key moments is is better than where it was, but it's also something that we need to keep addressing because it's obvious that uh, in those key moments, the, the Kiwis just know they have a habit of winning and knowing how to win, and that's something that we, we just have to train for and just get better game awareness and rugby IQ to make sure that we come up with the right options and then we execute. But I, I think it's it's definitely on the, on the up and in progressing. I thought the, uh, the Wallaby series against Ireland earlier this year was um, was yeah. a, you know it was a great spectacle for for just the the rugby loving sort of fan, but also just to see Australia really get behind it. Um, you know, sold out in Sydney. There was people lining up to put their sticker on their seats. The members at 11 a.m. at Allianz Stadium. Like there just hasn't been that much. Um, excitement around rugby for a long time. So I think what the guys are doing is is re-engaging and connecting with, with the supporters, but we hopefully uh, we see a trend of, you know, more wins coming our way. Yeah, very true. One of the comments that I've sort of heard thrown around a bit, I'm not that involved in rugby union, but a call from a lot of the international sides to try and wipe the Australian sort of tour out of the super rugby, is that something that's, you know, got legs or...? <laughs> No, it's, I mean, it's, it's a flawed model, to be fair. Like, the Super Rugby's hard for people to engage in because we're across so many different time zones. We've got South America with Argentina. We've got um, Sunwolves in Tokyo on Australian and South African. So it's really quite hard in terms of a, a product to sustain and engage fans because when your team goes away to South Africa and plays, the games are being played at 1, 3 in the morning, no one is necessarily engaged with who they're playing against. So then on the flip side, when those South African teams or Argentinian teams come and visit Australia, there's not a great deal of interest around who they're playing. So I just think I think what we'll see in 2020 when the agreement is up, the current Sanzar agreement, is they'll, they'll just they'll have to re, um, remodel the, the, the Super Rugby um, structure. I think we'll probably have a, a more localised product between Australia and New Zealand you know, similar sort of time zones. Uh, I think we'll see South Africa go north up into the UK and Europe. They've already got two teams playing up there. And um, I think from a South African rugby point of view, they prefer to earn the pound as opposed to the rand. So, um, you know, that helps them as well. So I think it's kind of just finding a product that works best for everyone that can help engage their supporters, the commercial um, sponsorship and all that type of thing as well. Because at the moment, it's pretty obvious that it's just not quite working. Yeah, well, definitely. Well, I really appreciate having you on and uh, taking your time out to have a chat tonight. Best of luck for your hamstrings in the run and, <laughs> and also uh, on the field with the young guns. Yeah, no worries. Thanks very much, guys, and I'll chat to you guys soon. Cheers, Drew. See you, Take mate. care, Drew. All the best. Thanks. Cheers. Absolute legend. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Did I just call him off? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, Drew. Well, <laughs> we have a guest on that gave us stories about Drinking the Queen's vodka. Yeah. Oh, sorry, gin. Was it gin? Martini. Martini. And vermouth. Yeah, and vermouth. Um, Victoria's Secret stories. And I just cut him off. You hung up on him. Well, I, I on thought him. you'd give me the nod. You give me the nod. I did not give you the Reader, nod. Reader, did she give me the nod? I didn't she give me the nod? No, I didn't say nod. Oh, you <laughs> changed you. <laughs> I'll see, I see, I see. <laughs> We're still on air. Yeah, didn't, 100%. Didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's no comment. I've got no support. Alex, just say yes. That's awesome. Brilliant. Anyway, yeah, moving on swiftly. See, Drew, just so quickly. you know what happened. Sorry, Drew. I apologise uh, <laughs> profusely. Hey, you gave some really good uh, insight to some of the rugby, in particular the way that the landscape might change for Super Rugby as well too. Mm. I probably agree with him though. I think yeah. I think it was a great concept when it started, but you're right. You're only supporting what, what goes on in your own backyard. And, and I think it's too hard. I think you'll see... What like he like Drew just said like UK and South Africa and there and Australia and New Zealand and then it'll be a tournament between them and then the winners will play the winners mm. you know in, in a bit of a bit of a revamped competition model. Do you think it it sort of damage I guess the talent development if they start doing that as well too like if Australia and New Zealand are the only two teams that play together and obviously South Africa and the UK are okay. that way to then sort of when they come up against each other at the moment you're able to play 
Like it is, it's a worldly sport. That's why yeah. so many of our leagueies leave to go play because they yeah. get to go travel the world and. But Japan, like, and the Japan, and how does Japan fit into this? And how does that's uh, where they go to make Argentina. their money afterwards? Yeah, and France. No, I mean just in the Super Rugby. Yeah. Like these t- sides are now from Japan, mm. and I think is there an Argentinian side in it? Yes, I'm pretty sure there is. No, they are. They the boys travel there all the time. I don't know. Don't look I don't know. Yeah, but uh, sure. but what I'm just saying is, how does that work out? Well, any, mm. anyway, listen, it needs changing. Um, and no doubt it will, but thanks for, for Drew to, to give us that insight. Absolutely. Don't forget you can subscribe, rate and share our podcast. It is The Sport Project. And today we have Reedy and Carlos. Reedy. I don't know who this Carlos fella is. I swear to God. <laughs> Someone's going to get it. He's a hide hit man. He's going to take yeah, you yeah, down. Yeah, come get it. Yeah, Run at me and make it first one count, mate. Mm. <laughs> hey, Reedy, while we've got you in here, one thing I wanted to speak about is there's a huge race coming up in Sydney. Huge. So for all of our international listeners, worldwide, worldwide. It's only two. It, it yeah. is the, there's only, you've got, only got two international listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's Drew, and we count him when he's in France. <laughs> that's my one. And Alana from the Bridge Cafe. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's about it. The moment she plays it, makes everyone listen. You gotta listen to this. It's my son. It's my son. This. Well, so do we count who stands around the phone when she yeah, plays it? Yeah, yeah. Easy. So that's another ten. Easy. Easy. Yeah. Well, least. that's because she says it while she's walking through a busy street. So. <laughs> You borrow my grandmother, she's deaf. Oh, good. See, she's that's our perfect audience. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us to subscribe. She'll love it. I think she's on Instagram, actually. Yeah, perfect. Well, we've got an Instagram account. Again, it is. Um, TSP. It is at TSP Podcast because I changed it. You did. That's why I handed it over to you. Uh, Yeah, thanks for that. TSP Project? Yes. No, no, no. It's TSP Podcast. TSP Podcast. Yeah, Yeah. because that wouldn't make sense to be calling like an ATM. No, no, no. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, any chance of getting a listener to listen right now or tune into our Instagram right now? Yeah, just just Buckley is because you just confused the shut out of them. (laughs) I've told you I am not. I'm not Mexican. (laughs) That sounded more Irish. I know (laughs) it sounded something, but it wasn't English. (laughs) Sound like Renee walking out of Scruffy Murphy's at about (laughs) three (laughs) a.m. No, she wouldn't do that. You know, no one can see you shaking your head right now. Uh-oh. Hey, talk us through the City to Surf. That's where we were going. City with that. to tangent, Surf, 48th running of the City to Surf this year. Wow. It's been going around. There's, some, there's about 25 legends that have done every single one. How many have you done? I've done 10 of them. That's pretty legendary. Yeah, I came top 100 in my last one. Wow. And I've never done it ever since because I'll never go better than that. <laughs> like I, and I, uh, I am dropping the mic. Tick the box, yeah. And so, although I've actually picked up the mic after that, I started working start line, finish line, and and uh, now I'm sort of just, now I just work the finish line. It's fun and just try and get home 85,000 competitors. Yeah, wow. Biggest time fun run in the world. Wow. Uh, it came about... Uh, Came about to stop people from smoking and getting fitter back in uh, back in nineteen seventy nine or one no one nine seventy one I think well, it started one and seventy nine or nah might have yeah but anyway long time ago four yeah. years ago my <laughs> when maths they tried is horrible to stop uh, but yeah it came around as a bit of a fitness incentive and it sort of started from a race called there's a famous race in um, San Francisco called the Beta Breakers Ooh. which used to be the biggest fun run in the world did that go up that's like insane <laughs> hill in San Fran. I think well, there's they, loads I of insane know. hills in some front. Yeah, okay, well, that, that's too, perfect. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's more of just a big fancy dress party now, but like it's like there's some people take it seriously, but they get I think they get like forty five thousand or something something to do it. But like out of that forty five thousand, about five thousand take it seriously. The rest just dress up and pretty much get drunk for twelve k. That so. sounds like the city to serve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds is like the, the best. Yeah. You walk around Bondi and everyone's just at Ravisi's with medals around their neck. You're like, yeah, right, I get it. You ran and then you got pissed. Like, well done. <laughs> <laughs> I think there should be a schooner every K. Oh, I think it's there is, there's a race. So remember the wacky yeah, yeah. sport. There is a race where you can do that. I'm going to do that. Yeah, well, I'll just, I just right yeah. up your alley, Reedy. I, I love the. I, that's yeah, one of my favourite days. Oh, yeah. I love alcohol. I love drinking and running. <laughs> yeah, I prefer running than drinking. But yeah, you yeah. sculled a beer in the middle of um, the Gold Coast Marathon. Which oh I thought yeah, was that's right. We heard about this. Yeah, yeah. 39k in. Megan Nay decided to uh, hand me a beer, and if an Olympian hands you a beer, I figure it's. You drink uh, it, it's yeah. a good reason to have a drink, and I chugged it. And yeah, the first, next hundred meters was a bit <laughs> horrible. I was seriously, it was coming and it's coming, and then 
And then it all went down and I felt great and I sprinted home and caught the 320 pace that went past him. And <laughs> yeah, I was at the finish line. Oh, you were too. That's right. I got, I got yeah. some good footage of you uh, crossing that finish line. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. But um, but no, look, back to the City Surf. It's a great event. Uh, a lot of fun. 14K. It's hard. It's uh, Steve Montegetti's still got the record. He's had it for about wow. 25 years. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, 40.03. But that may drop. It's uh, it's um for the first time ever. And it's funny Funny, they swore they'd never give prize money and they're going to do prize money this year. How much are they going to give? I'm not too sure. I think it's somewhere about 40 grand. Oh, I, think, right. I think it might be 20 grand 20. each. That is still enough to me. make me run that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not enough. I'm I've walking. seen you run, Renee. It's safe to say you won't be taking the prize. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, have you she seen looks me like. Hit though? That's why you can. I'm ride. Joke, That's why I'm a fast runner. She looks like Bamba. <laughs> Try to just stand up. What's Baby giraffe. When have you ever watched me run, Carlo? I've seen Shut you up. run. I've seen Shut you up. run. You've seen Am me I run joking? to the bar. Like, <laughs> <laughs> legs are kindle everywhere. Um, but the great thing about them giving money is that we might start seeing some more good runners come. Yeah, okay. Uh, it might attract some good runners, which is great. Um, sadly, I'd hate to see Monigetti's record drop. Yeah. Um, but I'd love to see a Mo Farrell or something come over and take it on. But they changed the course. The course did change. It had to change. Um, so how can that record still stand if the course changed? Like I understand that they changed it for safety the, reasons. It's measured by the not. great Dave Cundy, who's the famous course measurer, run course measurer, and it's measured at exactly the same distance. Right. But the course had to change. Well, I mean, I guess technically he will always have the record on the course. City Surf is one of the only running events um, that has a long history that never changed. Most courses mm. will change. Like right. yeah. the Sydney half that Drew was talking about that he just did, that's probably changed. That's been going for about 25 years. That's probably changed about seven times. Oh, like, right. You think of events like the light rail and certain yeah. things that come into play with yeah, running you need events. To change, yeah. Yeah. They've always got to change. But it was it was funny. The City Surfer never, the only thing that had changed was the start line, and that was to allow more and more runners. Right, okay. Um, that they had to. Yeah, um, but. The reason behind the course change was because literally the city to surf was a terrorist dream. Yeah. You had 85,000 people all running in, running around and into themselves and the only way to get out was just this like eight metre wide promenade that took you up to South Bondi. So if someone, like what happened in Boston, if someone let off a bomb there, um, you literally couldn't get anyone out because you had 85,000 people running Pushing around the in. back of your exit point. Mm. So, um, and then they were literally falling in on them. So it had to happen. It had to change. And it was, it was. We were part of the team that were trying to make everyone feel okay about it because there was yeah. a lot of people that were yeah, really yeah, passionate yeah. about keeping the same course. But, yeah. um, but they did a good job. And the police pretty much said to Fairfax Events that put it on. They said if you don't change the course, you can't do it. Can't get a permit. That's fair. You need a permit, don't you? Yeah. So, so yeah. But it's a great event. It's um. Good fun. I love all the characters that get out there, the, the gorillas. And yeah, I was gonna say, and there's and plenty that dress up in the city to surf yeah, as well. Yeah, and there's a few Smurfs. Some great, some great facts there. You know, that, that amazing things that people have done. I mean, my coach, Spot Anderson, he's the fastest man in UGG boots. He's done it in 52 minutes. Are you serious? The fastest Spider Man is 46 minutes. Like that is flying. Yeah, because he's Spider Man, obviously. <laughs> spider pig, Spider pig. He's a, he's a superhero, but um. Yeah, the the race is just – it's so great that we've got it in our town. It's probably a big part of the reason why I love Sydney and it's uh, – I'm so yeah. gobsmacked at Ugg Boots. How are his joints at the end of that? And his got, feet got would have been splints. sweating yeah, would have so done, bad. No yeah. Shin splints, you'd get shin fractures. Yeah, it's not Sammy good. Burgess is doing it. I know the Burgess brothers are doing it for Mox Pretty much Europe. everyone does yeah, it. Yeah, does like, it, they're doing it for Mox Except for Renee. <laughs> except for Renee. <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely walk it. Yeah. Well, you're, you're on the start line, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going to be there. Yeah, that's all she'll be. It's And then into a car. And I'll be at Ravisi's. <laughs> Ravisi's. From there. Are you there? Bucket you list. Oh, it's a bucket list. We're in the now. VIP, baby. We don't pay. <laughs> uh, no, uh, are we? <laughs> we are. No. Are we? No. Is the Sport Project a media partner? Sure, I it is think now. It should be. Surely it is now. <laughs> You know, look at this. We're in Sydney, Bondi, Swinton, the world. And you're oh, English. Yeah. Stay out of the rips. Yeah. <laughs> Blow them rips. What do the white things do? <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm on the Bronte train all the way around. <laughs> the the backpackers express. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Usually takes you either right. out the back or straight to reverse. How many did you save this year? <laughs> Yes, please. Can we actually like you like you your know, backpackers, don't you? Well, they oh, leave, don't they? Oh, does she? It's exactly why you like them. And they're not called backpackers to Renee. They're called victims. <laughs> victims. Hey, they've still got a heartbeat. It works, right? They're just a little notch in the head of her bed. Yeah, come on. What's that? 52. <laughs>
I find you. <laughs> I'm not that. Pretty. Yeah, maybe a little bit. No, no, no. Totally no, but not. but in saying that, that's a it's a um it's a pretty cool experience to get up in that cherry picker at City yeah. to Surf and and to have the control of eighty five thousand people. It's mm. um it's pretty amazing. I think I'd quite enjoy that. Say, yeah, you would. <laughs> You'd just you be looking down like a vixen with a guy yeah, yeah. nine tails. <laughs> yeah, I know. Catwoman. <laughs> Mornings aren't my strong point either, so I've just decided I'm just going to stay awake. And then start the race. And Sound then... like you to go through all night, Renee? <laughs> no. All night long. All night. <laughs> hey, how many backpackers do you reckon you pulled out of the surf this year on, with Bondo Rescue? Oh, this year for me, actually, to be honest, we've got, it's, we, I reckon we probably do about half the amount of rescues that we used to do when right. we started. Because it's more aware now of us watching the show. I think I think it's a combination of that. I think it's a combination as we're more proactive um, yeah. because I, I guess over the 13 years they've been filming, we've realised it's only taken 13 years, but we've realised there's cameras filming us and, <laughs> <laughs> and it looks really bad when a lot of people are drowning. But no, in all seriousness. Um, Save yourself. <laughs> you can do it. Just keep kicking. The more you drown, drown, the better it is. Better our ratings are. <laughs> no, oh. but um, but no, I think it's it's awareness yeah. and um, and we've had some really lucky seasons where not a lot has happened. Yeah. And it's, okay. um, but I mean, when I first started, I was I was actually uh, we used to do about two and a half thousand every year, and now we probably do about fifteen hundred. And you know, we we don't do anywhere near the big days we used to do. I remember one day we did like two hundred thirty five in one day. That's considered the record, mm. um, wow. and that was crazy that day. Like I remember, we were all just sitting on rips with boards. Was it just like loads of Asians with the? Uh... <laughs> No, I'm just saying, because a lot of them just come straight off the couch, the coach, don't they? Well, and they just think they can swim. It's way more English than Asians. Is if we're going to get, yeah. we're gonna, I'm not being, yeah. I'm not being racialistic. <laughs> oh no, you know? No. Tell us more about how the English go in the water. <laughs> they we scream just go, very yeah, loudly. We like it a lot. <laughs> so how do they go compared to the soccer pitch? Uh, well, speaking of soccer, yeah. is it still coming home? Yeah, is it? Uh, no further questions, Your Honour. <laughs> I'm the advice of my lawyer declined to answer. But you've actually got this as the next segment to talk about. Oh, you segued in <laughs> so well, Renee Gartner. No wonder she's a professional. <laughs> yes, we are going to talk a bit about the uh, FIFA World Cup. Viva la France! Viva la France! Oi Speaking ho, of oi soccer, ho. I know we are going to talk about the World Cup, but what are our thoughts on Usain Bolt? I'm excited about well, what he's going to do for the A-League. I think it's great. And for the Central Coast, I don't think they're going to ever have that. Oh, he, he has got, the money he's, he's going to bring in. He's got some skills. Like I remember when he's gone down to United and he's done a training session. And I remember speaking to to one of the masseuses there who's a, who's a dear friend of mine. I said, was he any good? He went, listen, he's not He's, he's not Premier League standard, no. but he, he's got the skill level. Like he can actually hold a ball, pass a ball, and he understands it. And with his speed, he, he could be quite dangerous, whether on the wing or, you know, as a centre-forward. Well, no well, one's catching him if he gets in open spaces, well, exactly. right? <laughs> yeah, but, you, you know, he can different. run, but he doesn't run 100 metres with, like, kicking a ball. Nah, no, like, He's no. no Matt Shervington. But wouldn't you just boot it, <laughs> boot it 100 metres and then chase a catch? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, <laughs> you know, the good thing about it, though, is he, he can actually beat the offside trap by starting in his own half. Okay. Well, there <laughs> you, you go. Know, because he's that quick, he'll make yeah. it. Yeah, right. Because his body shape, for it compared to what a lot of the footballers look like. I mm. would have thought he was too long and lanky. Uh, like you sort of see that more with your goalkeepers as opposed to Yeah, no, Patrick Vieira was like that, very ranger. There's a there's a number of um there's a, there's been a number of, of really good players that have been tall and ranger. Peter Crouch is another one. He's Peter Crouch is about six six, six seven, and he played for England, Peter Crouch. So it doesn't really necessarily matter, but I think Kenny Kenny Hall. I I, I watch the A League, and the A League is a different kettle of fish than yeah. than any Premier League. Premier League and European football is about building from the back, taking your time, possession. The A League isn't. It's about quick, being quick, getting the ball and moving it quick, and it's it's rapid. So. Can he handle that kind of, uh, you know, the, the cardiovascular part of it? I, I don't know because you got to remember, even though you got to be fit to do 100 metres, uh, you're only doing 100 metres yeah. and then it's done. The endurance yeah. side so, of it's got to come into play, so doesn't it? It'll be interesting. And, and everyone's – one thing I'm pissed off about is people going, it's a marketing stunt. Of course it's a marketing yeah. stunt. <laughs> but it's worth taking a risk on it. Mm, it's worth absolutely. taking a risk. Yeah. There's, some people saying that, there's some people saying that um, – 
you know, it's taking away from the opportunity for a young Australian kid to, to come through. It's one position. Yeah. It's not like he's taking the whole team. Like, oh, it's, it's bullshit. Everyone moans. But I also yeah. think it's giving a lot of Australian kids and a lot of our Australian playing group to play with an athlete who has reached above and beyond on the level of sport that he play, that he currently runs and competes in. Yeah. Yeah. And he's presented himself amazingly well well in every single aspect. Like, yep. He's never been in any drama off you know, off the pitch no. and well none that he's been caught with. Well, no, exactly. <laughs> you know, he's, he's a well lady protected. he was a ladies man and yeah, he's very well protected as are most yeah, of man. your high end athletes. Yeah, He's always got a giant entourage around him. But think about how much money is going to get brought into the game of A-League. How many more people are going to be watching the A-League 100%. simply because this great athlete is playing in it? How many more eyes are going to be on the Australian sport, yeah. which then gives more of an opportunity to those blokes playing around them and within the A-League to be sighted internationally? I agree. Their, their junior club's probably a sellout right now. Oh, Imagine knowing 100%. your kids are going to maybe get a little bit of a visit from Usain Bolt. You know, you'd absolutely yeah. love it. But, yeah, the money that it's going to bring in is phenomenal. And it's uh, and it's great. It's only going to see the sport grow. Will it be like the money that it's coming in for England after they brought it home? Oh wait, they didn't bring it home. They forgot to bring it home. They yeah. forgot. Jeez, to bring let's it talk home. about some seriously funny memes that came out oh, after they didn't bring yes. it home. Who searched the hashtag? It's coming home, and it went from like it's coming, it's coming home, home to memes about it not coming <laughs> home. <laughs> it well, it was, was probably the best one you've seen. Oh, I posted one. It was the one of they what they they got that bit from The Simpsons where Homer tries to g- jump the gully on a skateboard, oh, yes. and he's going, "I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it," and he's got the England flag, "I'm going to make it," and then he gets just falls just short, and he's like, "No!" Ah! And then he crashes into the. You ground. know what the funniest one I seen? You know was... what the funniest one I seen is your story saying it's coming home, it's coming home, and it didn't. Let him tell us. Let him tell us. Whatever. Let the kids play. I don't want to play anymore. Mom, she's picking on me again. I'm telling you, my mum's gonna phone Lana. Get on quick. <laughs> no, so, I've seen the one where I, I don't know if you've seen it with the. Um, it says it's coming home, but it was all the, the, the Spitfires. Yeah, yeah, the Flying yeah. Jets and Spitfires. <laughs> and then it comes back saying, no, it's not. <laughs> or it said test flight or yeah. what was it? It was like oh, false alarm or false something. False alarm, like that, that's it? what it was. False alarm. Did they alarm. actually get the planes to do the same little setup? Because I saw the planes saying it. Yeah, I don't know if it was just, if it was real or not. No, I think it was. I think it was mashed up because yeah. they just had the planes do the 100 ah. flyover or whatever. It was on the yeah, news. Yeah, and yeah, um, right. Yeah. But um, but yeah. No. Anyway, let's talk about the World Cup. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's get off this topic. I've been trying to get you to talk about it. Okay, so France won. Did they? Didn't they party too? Yeah, they did Holy. too. Holy! How's their so, fans? Two fans died that night. What? Yeah. Died from what? The streets. Did you see the streets? They exploded. You didn't because you're probably still in the UK whinging. No. Well, no, let's I didn't. Not, well, let's not bring That's it back. Tragic. Did you yeah, see sorry, that English yeah. man stand on the Russian police car? Yeah. <laughs> that footage, he yeah, stood, he jumped on the Russian police car and, the Russians, and got the biggest beatdown yeah, you have hammered. ever seen. Out of you all must have thought he was back in England. The, the, oh, comment, the comment was, he forgot he was in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, out of all the cop cars to jump on, oh, no. Oh, my God. Yeah, you wouldn't do it. No, but no. just going through it and just giving a bit of a recap of the, of the FIFA World Cup, you know, a couple of duds there with uh, Germany, Spain and Argentina all going out really early. Germany, the the, the holders, going out in the group stages. Mm. Like, it's unheard of, uh, but it was done. The surprise package has to be Croatia. Yeah. You know, a country of 4.1, 4.2 million. Yeah. You know, surpassing many country, countries in 70, 60 million. Didn't so. they come out of the, the woodwork, so all the Croatian fans? Of course they did. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Everywhere around, around Sydney, you've just seen them, the Croats going crazy. I'm one, I turned Croatian. Yeah, so the Croatian surprise package. Um, it was. I think it was a really good tournament, really well done. Um, I think it was enjoyable. Uh, the coverage was really good. Uh, and I think we're looking forward now. The, the next one's 2020 in, uh, where is it? It's in Qatar. Qatar. Oh, wow. So now that's one cop car you're not jumping on. <laughs> well, you will never be seen again. Oh, no. You just disappear Bye. into the quicksand. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> but but, but Bye-bye. there's been a lot of con- controversy in, in, in Qatar as well because they're saying, well, wait a minute, it's a non-alcoholic country. Yeah, and What are they going to do down. about the beers? You know, the heat, even though it will oh, be yeah. in winter. But how is it going to do? They're going to. They're talking about air conditioning stadiums. Oh, they would for sure. It'll be wow, just be, it'll be insane. It's going to be a, a feat of engineering. Like yeah. I'll, 
I'll guarantee you that. Yeah. But it, it's probably, be, I actually think it would, it'll, be, it'll be good fun. I might go myself. It's a dry World Cup, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, that'd I be think, brilliant. Yeah. Here we go, here we go. Oh, I'm bored now. <laughs> Should we watch something else? I don't know. Well, that's the only way that you watch football. Is that what you're trying no, to say? Are you, finally, very, are you finally admitting that? No, I, I disagree. <laughs> so I mean, you're going to go to a dry World Cup? Yeah, I will. Will you? Yeah. I will sneak alcohol in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll have one of them big beer bellies. Like, you just said you have to drink now. Oh, I'll be up one wow. of them big beer bellies. What's the best way to sneak alcohol into a stadium? I feel like you're an experienced man. Um, I would definitely... <laughs> Use a female. His face just got put up on every stadium worldwide. <laughs> no, Some it, sort of bladder? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the, the best one is the beer belly. It's called the beer belly. So you strap it on. It looks like you've got a beer belly, but it's just full of, of beer. piss. <laughs> it's got a little, and it comes little up and it's, yeah, valve. Yeah, and you just drink away. It's not your first radio. <laughs> you better recognise it, eh, Gartner? <laughs> Yeehaw. Oh, oh God. No one wants to see what he just did. Hey, let's uh, move on to more sports. Obviously, Worldwide yeah. Sports we're talking about. The SB Awards were just on. And just because we were speaking about it beforehand, I actually didn't know what it stood for. Excellence in Sport Performance Yearly Award. Oh, is that right? So it's an accolade currently presented by the American Broadcast Television Network, the ABC. Of course it would be American. ESPN. It would be but um, Australian, an Australian, one, won a big award. Uh, Matilda star Sam Kerr, she's added another gong to her list of achievements. She was named the best international women's soccer player at the ESPYs, which is an absolutely huge Q, 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 Massive, Q, massive. And she's the only Aussie that took a, took an award home that night. Uh, and <coughs> to, to get an ESPY is a massive, mm. massive uh, an occasion. So uh, massive, huge who, vo- who votes? How do they decide? That's a very good question. I don't know. And we'll get that to you next episode. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure Thanks. you tune Cheers. in to the Cheers, Sport Reed, Project. Yeah. Cheers, Reedy. Think Reed. about everything that we don't do. <laughs> Trade under Thanks. the bus. Subscribe. I'll tell you what. Go and save someone. Bondi. Come on. Well, the only thing I found really disappointing with it is that she won. She was the only Australian to do it. She beat out uh, Steph Gilmore and also NBA basketballer Ben Simmons, who had an outstanding year. But in all the news that I saw come across was um, they went – Matilda star Sam Kerr has added another gong to her achievements. However, it was the burn of Ben Simmons that made the headlines as they announced in the roast and this award went to such and such, this happened to such and such and the Kardashians happened to Ben Simmons. (laughs) I was just like, wow. So we've got an Australian who won this amazing award but instead we're focusing on the what? Oh, he's banged me over. It's not that interesting. <laughs> I'm sorry, God, it wasn't funny. Oh, no, 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 look at his face. I know, like, I'm like, stop turning around. You're pulling faces behind my back. Oh, like, what did I just say wrong? He was like calling me out. I was like, it's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> Never is. But no, sorry. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> he cares about the Kardashians. Yeah, no. I don't know what he's sad, though, considering it is a major award and then, yeah, it just gets roped into that. This is, unfortunately, this is where news is these days on the Kardashians. Who cares? Yeah. Bothered, bothered. Just one rocket one, straight at them. Just one. He said he's got a button, but Donald Trump has a bigger button yeah, on his desk. Knows. So, um, but she's the uh, the Australian. She's become the first player to ever score fifty goals in the new in the NWSL mm-hmm. with a hat trick for Chicago against her former club. Chicago. And then she netted a record setting seventeen goals last season for the MVP award for the league. Yeah. And she's scored nine goals this season and is leading the race for the Golden I'm Poop. telling you now, the Matildas Matildas are probably top two um, international so- women's soccer team. They are the, they're either first or second. USA or Australia on the Matildas. So they, they are an amazing outfit. And I really enjoy watching the games, to be honest. The skill level is, is, is amazing. Uh, one of the other major things that happened there as well too, and I just I really think it's really worthwhile um, discussing, is it was uh, more than 140 women uh, donned in board gowns all took to the stage and held hands and they called the Sister Survivors. So um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of a, a gentleman by the name of Larry Nasser. Um, so, he's a sick son of a bitch, really. Yeah, absolutely. So he's just uh, received a life sentence in jail for abusing um, some of these ladies. So... These were the 140 surviving women that stood on the stage. And um, I'll, I'll play a little really quick clip um, of the start of the speech because I just think it, it, you know, it touches more so than what my words can. Thank you, ESPN and the Arthur Ashe family for honouring survivors. 
case of sexual abuse. It is a privilege to stand up here with my sister survivors as we represent hundreds more who are not with us tonight. Make no mistake, we are here on this stage to present an image for the world to see, a portrait of survival, a new vision of courage. The abuse of Larry Nassar began 30 years ago with me. For 30 years, people at the United States Olympic Committee, USA Gymnastics, and Michigan State University all placed money and medals above the safety of child athletes. 30 years until the work of Detective Lieutenant Andrea Mumford of the Michigan State Police Department So 30 years it took, and uh, they made one other statement in there which I thought was really hard-hitting, was that all it took was one adult um, to have the integrity to call out up against the American uh, Olympic Committee, pretty much, that is basically what they're saying, is that the, the Olympics and the American Athletic Association were putting medals above and beyond stories of all these girls. Like, these girls have been coming forward for years and years and years, mm -hmm. and it was just constantly getting denied, and, you know, now he's... So this is uh, she's a former gymnast, uh, Sarah Klein, who was the, the one who spoke as well. Um, so she, they've finally put him behind bars for life. It's it's just sad to think that people will abuse their 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 power. And uh, again, if 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 someone has come out to the Olympic Committee and they've ignored that, well, they need to be investigated as well. No one, you know, being a father to a daughter as well, I I just don't think that that is just acceptable in any way, shape, or form. There's a lot, it's 30 years, there's a lot of other guilty people out there, I reckon, oh, people oh. that stood by and watched that happen, like it's that knew about it, like you'd know about it, you yeah. see it happen, you know, it's like, uh, it's just, it's, it's unacceptable. disgusting. It's unacceptable and yeah. it's, uh, and to use sport as the as the vessel of, of so many beastly acts is, is, is putrid really. Yeah. yeah, and I just, I like I applaud ESPs to be able to give those women the platform, like for the courage that it would have taken for them to come forward in the first place and then also become a public face of, yeah. of the the court would have been absolutely huge because, you, you know, you're going up against, again, the American Athletic Association. There's softballers in there. There's gymnasts. There's plenty of other athletes that were all affected by this NASA and, you know, that they're standing there with other athletes who probably weren't affected by this bloke going, well, if you do that, you ruin our athletic chances because we lose this great coach or whatever it is. So throughout those 30 years, the torment that they would have faced is just unrecognisable. And, yeah. again, the damage that it's done to these these beautiful women in every aspect, in confidence and... Right. Well, it's, you know, it's took away their innocence, hasn't it? Absolutely. You know? And, uh, you know, it's unacceptable. There's no other yeah. word for it. Anyway, let's, let's, it's sad. And let's, uh, let's try and bring the feeling back up to what we, what we are next. <laughs> Basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we just got to bring it home. What do yeah, you reckon? No, I, just, <laughs> I just thought, well, I, you know what? I was somebody. Well, don't then. let him bring it home because the English aren't very good at that. No. <laughs> I feel like that's going to stick for a while. <laughs> it's like I'm Italian in a hurry. all of a sudden. <laughs> you actually passed for Italian. Yeah, yeah, well, he coached the Italian rugby league side. Well, there you go. Yeah, That'll yeah. help. So he keeps a foot in both camps. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> in three and if I have to, my mother's Maltese, so I'll just fire <laughs> over to that country as well. And if all those fails, I've got an Australian passport. Do you, can, you, can you speak Australian? Do you do a good Spanish? Here you go, mate. Here you go. No, Here you so go. No, he called me Mexican before. When <laughs> Here you go, mate. Here you go. Here you go. You know how we touched on the basketball brawl last week? Yes. Did you hear all the suspensions that got brought out? Well, uh, I've been told that Philippines have got 10 players that received bans. Assistant coaches had... Three got a three match ban, and the head coach got a game. But the, the weird one for me was poor Chris Goulding, who was at the bottom of the pile, who <laughs> yeah. got absolutely laced, and then all of a sudden gets a match ban for getting laced. How many matches? Gone. What's a match ban? How does that affect them? Well, that's an international match. So, so, so the next 
Yeah, they yeah. have to sit out. But the For thing is, game. is like one of the photos you'll see it, it's it's flooding through the media, and I'll put it up on uh, our Facebook or Instagram. Is one of our Australian players getting proper king hit from the side, like coward punched, by the assistant and coach. that by the assistant coach, and the assistant coach, yeah, got three game suspension. And then there was a referee, I think, who did was like a, an assistant referee, or during that game. He's got a year ban or a life ban or something like that. And it was Andrew Bogart came out on Twitter and said, mate, all you had to do was pick up a chair and throw it and it would have got reduced to three games. <laughs> like, because yeah. that's how ridiculous yeah. it was. It was, it was like the the more furniture you picked up, the less that you got. It was embarrassing. It, it was extremely ba- embarrassing. Yeah. And, and Not for basketball, I think for them. Yeah. The well, they, well, they weren't. They, they just did, they had the lack of protection. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's where it bowled over. I think there was um, what we seen there was the Australian player. I can't remember. I think it was Kicker. Uh, I think his name. I think yeah. it was Kicker who who basically kind of blocked someone and elbowed them in the face. But there was a build up behind it. You know, beforehand. I reckon there was a lot more. Uh, to lot, it. They yeah, there's a lot the more niggle. Like yeah, there's a lot then, more niggle, but. Well, even Again. in the warm-ups, they reckon there was a problem. They, I yeah. heard talk that they'd actually removed a sponsor's sticker. They'd well taken off the it course. off because it was conde- – the Australians took it off the course. That's what you're talking about because yeah. it was deemed slippery. Yeah. Um, so that's when the Dangerous. Philippines started getting quite aggro. But there's vision of one of the coach saying, you know, you've got to find any way to get in there, grill, hit them, do whatever, get dirty sort of thing. But yeah. as I said, it's more like we sort of discussed that last week. But just the fact that, you know, that to do something so violent – and to be walking away with one game bans. And as I said, if it, you know, Bogart's tweet just summed it up and how ridiculous the basketball ban system was. Yeah. Pick up a chair Crazy. and you reduce your year sentence to three yeah. games. Like, yeah. Crazy. 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 But, but on some good news there. The, obviously, Liz Cambage. You know, makes history with a 53-point haul for the Dallas Wings uh, against the New York Liberty. So, breaks a record that's been set. Sisters it's been sent since 2013, mate. That's massive for an uh, yeah. Australian to 53 points. And I'm not joking, she was jamming three points, uh, three pointers everywhere as well. Yeah, <laughs> she wow. was like, honestly, I and mean, you should see the size of Liz. She's a tall girl, oh, yeah. like six, seven, something like that. And she's dry, she's jamming threes, unbelievable. She'd make both of you two look like midgets. Yeah, you'd, okay will you be able that. to wear nacho hats on your head? <laughs> <laughs> El nacho candoba, señora. <laughs> nacho cheese. Uh, NRL again. Oh, let's well, let's quickly wrap up. We're going to yeah. do a real quick scan over the rugby league. Massive congratulations to John Sutton. Three hundred games this weekend, which is just absolutely huge. How good are the bunnies playing? Well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're playing very well. It'll be interesting to see. And as I said, by Monday night, we're going to know whether Robbie Farah is able to uh, unpeg Cook. Farah's playing yeah. against his old team. Yeah, I think Damien Cook's by far been the best hooker in the competition. Yeah. Um, and he, he's shown that in the origin. You take Damien Cook out of that side, the, the Blues win. I don't think they do, to be yeah, totally honest. Yeah, absolutely. Agree, agree. So. Uh, Luke Lewis, again, a, a huge... Huge uh, friend of the show. He's retiring as well too from uh, the game at the season ends. 18 seasons. Lovely touch from Luke as well. He, he sent, um, obviously he made that decision. I went and seen him about, I'd say a week before. And we went and had a, we just had a chat. Like I took my daughter around to, to have a, obviously play play date with his daughter. And um, he, he was talking about it at that point. He was saying, I'm a bit at a crossroads. Um, I, again, I'm not going to mention the discussion we had about you know his future. He had a few offers from from England. Uh, when you know, just basically, I just said, listen, as a friend, you know, is there anything else that you need to prove? Is your body good enough to deal with that, or do you think a, a career in media is going to suit you? And, and to be honest, Luke said, I'm not too sure just yet. But obviously, he made a decision, and the good thing about it was he sent. He probably sent his inner circle all the text uh, leading up to it, and he sent he sent me a really nice message. Just to say, uh, mate, I'm gonna I'm gonna announce my retirement tonight. I was like, mate, excellent. I said, well, whatever you need from me is, uh, um, you know, I'm here for you, mate, on and off the field, and, and whatever you need, uh, you know, I'm there. And it was it was lovely, just a lovely little touch for him, you know, and an amazing man, mm-hmm. an amazing individual, a family man, uh, and, I, and I'm so happy for him that he's made this decision now and he can move on uh, and and probably enjoy the last season. Yeah. Hopefully, eighteen years to put your body through that—not just the games, just the pre-season training, like the the post-season training as well. Geez, that that usually puts your body through the ringer, doesn't it? (laughs) Really, (laughs) he's really struggling with injuries, though. Like he's saying, I'm not doing a full a full week of training. Yeah, it's 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 like recovery, and the recovery is getting longer. 
you know. What sort of injuries are we talking about? Yeah, he's got he... foot injuries, knee injuries, ankle injuries, yeah. you know, hip injuries, yeah. shoulder injuries. Like, he's got niggles everywhere and he's trying to manage it and get through the season. And to be honest, he's very. You work with him, Renee. Yeah, I've worked with him and I, I'm I'm like, the years and even more so now. Too. And when he talks. You listen, like mm. what he says is short but concise, and I think he's going to have a massive career in the media. So again, it's, it's just setting him up now for the, for the rest of his life. And I, I think I'm really glad that he didn't go to the Super League, even though I'm English and I'd love to see him in the Super League. Mm. I don't think that would have been right for him. I think he's he doesn't need to prove anything else or do anything else. Yeah. I think he uh, he needs to concentrate on his family. Yeah, uh, well, him and his wife Sonia have got a beautiful setup down there as well too, yeah, and Levi you know, great Hazel, to bring yeah. you know your family up with family and friends close by as well too. And, I mean, hopefully he takes a leaf out of the likes of Drew Mitchell's book and, you know, continues to look after a healthy body, healthy mind, uh, following on from that rugby league career as well too. It sounds like he's uh, well and truly on the right path as well too. I know he's a very um, a very avid skeet shooter because he always phones me up when he goes. <laughs> he always goes, do I come <laughs> go shooting? Because he does it uh, at the back of Menai. Yeah, we used I to live. take it every state of origin camp. Yeah. The boys, him and... Uh, have couple of other than we'd have to take to go and shoot all the time as well too. So um, I do want to touch on the Bulldogs quickly before all we right, go. Okay. But real quick, because I'm not even going to give you a chance to comment back. You were bagging Manly last week yeah, about man. the absolute shit fight that was going on. Yeah. Bulldogs were trying to medically retire Kieran Foran <laughs> for the last couple of weeks. Congratulations, Kieran Foran. We've just re-signed you for two years. Thank you so much, Reedy, for joining us. Thanks for having me. On the Sport Project. Carlos, you've had an outstanding show today. Thank you. Thank you, as always. <laughs> and Sasha and Chris, we don't miss you. Thanks for joining us. Rate, subscribe, they? get around us. And unfortunately, we didn't get time to get Tony Sanzo in here this week, but I'm sure he's absolutely crushing it and hopefully getting his first game in first grade. But it wouldn't be a show without us exiting with one of the greatest songs of all time. Way it's going to be, little darling. We'll go riding with the horses, yeah, yeah. Red up in the sky, little darling. And if you fall, I'll pick you up. I'll pick you up. Sasha, that's for you, you weirdo. <laughs>